Welcome back to DPT to CEO, the podcast where I, Dr. Morgan Mies, PT, owner of The Well Physio, a cash-based physical therapy practice I started in 2019, share with you as much as I can on how to successfully start, launch, and grow your own solo practice. Whether you're brand new and just thinking about getting started, or whether you're currently working with a full caseload of your very own patients, this podcast is for you. And of course, if you'd like more help, you can find all the resources on my website at morganmeese.com and connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Meese. If you're ready, let's dive in. everybody welcome once again to another installment of this fabulous show dpt to ceo um and our mini series where i am interviewing um other uh cash-based pt practice owners other business owners um to help give you as much information as we can um and advice and suggestions and how to avoid mistakes as you are getting to business for yourself um so i am really excited to have um our special guest on today she is a returner to the series she's been on here before um so welcome taylor back to the show thank you i'm glad to be here um for people who might not know you can you tell us a little bit more about yourself your journey my journey is kind of kind of a loaded a loaded story but we'll get there who's this yeah okay so yeah my name is taylor kirk um i am the owner and operator of Taylor Danielle Creative, which is a digital marketing business for physical therapy practices. So a little bit about me, like just my backstory. I'm first and foremost, a physical therapist. Um, I graduated in 2020 in the heat of the pandemic. So I kind of just entered right in. Um, and I guess like my normal was working through the pandemic. So I didn't know anything different, which was probably good. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of flew right into working in the outpatient setting. And from the time I was about 15 years old, I knew that I wanted to be a physical therapist. It was really unfortunate because when I started working, you know, it didn't take very, very long for me to experience that sense of burnout, um, just working in a busy outpatient setting and just you know, seeing way too many patients a day. So after that, I kind of dabbled in some home health and um, then finally landed in a hospital-based outpatient clinic. And I also did some inpatient while at that facility. And just, you know, I liked that role a lot better. It gave me some variety and I really felt like for the most part, I was supported at that facility. But, you know, about a year in, I was still kind of like, I don't really know if this is what I want to do for the next 40 years of my life. Like that just seemed really daunting. My husband had taken a job and he had started traveling for, for work. And so I had kind of already started like brainstorming, like how can I use my skills, but also like be flexible so that I can travel with him. And so that's kind of when I started searching and that's when I landed on Morgan's stuff. Um, So I kind of just dove into all of the content that she offered. I listened to her podcast um, when I drove on my commute to work, downloaded her ebook, watched her YouTube videos. Um, so by the time that I like met with you, I felt like I really knew you, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> and just had that like sense of like, okay, this person, like, even though you're a complete stranger, I feel like you genuinely care about us, you know, the ones you work with and, you know, you want us to succeed. So I was super gung ho. I'm going to start my own business. It's going to be virtual so I can try to travel with my husband. I had what's called a non-compete, which most PTs are probably pretty aware, 
pretty aware of what that is, but essentially like I just couldn't practice as a physical therapist um, for a certain amount of time within a certain mileage of radius, Um, which, okay, whatever. So I decide I'm going to start a women's wellness coaching business. You know, my main interest at the time was like the prenatal pregnancy and postpartum population. So I was like, okay, let's develop like some type of um, course or viable package for this population that kind of hits all of the areas of wellness, the dimensions of wellness. And lo and behold, my company said, you can't do that. And I just remember being like on one of our coaching calls and just like being at like the lowest of the low and just ugly crying in front of you, which I felt so bad. I was like, oh my gosh, like you barely know me and I'm just bawling. If I've learned anything throughout this process is like just being open to whatever opportunities came my way was like, it was so humbling, but yet it was also so exciting, you know, and it just so happened that like Morgan needed help. Um, because of all the different things that like she was doing. And, um, you know, essentially, like she just was like, hey, you're kind of good at creating things content wise, and you're kind of okay with graphic design. Do you want to like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. And I think like, just through all this, I found like an unidentified passion that, you know, I had had some experience with before, but had never really like pursued just because it was, you know, something that I felt like in, you know, in high school, they tell you like, don't go to school for journalism, you won't make any money, don't go to school for this, like this and that and marketing and communications, like, that's just not a good major, you won't make money. And like, that's totally not true. <laughs> that's just so <laughs> And so like, I think like some of my background, and then also just like learning, you know, the valuable lessons of like how to run a business and how to launch a business and how to market your business, like all of that, that really just kind of led me to where I am today. Um, And just seeing like the importance and the benefits of really just diving headfirst into that digital marketing, you know, for any business, I mean, it's the same strategies, no matter what business it is. Um, And so yeah, so that's kind of led me to where I'm at. And, you know, about two weeks ago, I'm full time being a digital marketer, which is so fun. And, you know, I've had a couple clients and I've got a couple more prospective clients lined up over the next couple of weeks. And that was a lot. I hope it's okay. It was really long winded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's, I mean, and that's so helpful. And like, I really appreciate you sharing your story and like, your, your story is your story and, yeah. and it matters. And, you know, like you wouldn't be where you are today without going through everything that you've did have to go through um in order to get here and it's just it's super powerful because I think it really like it shows other people who are maybe right now dealing with what you and I have dealt with in the past that there is a way there's Mm -hmm. a way to make something else of your life um you know whether it is starting your own practice or getting into digital marketing or deals for business or you could you completely change careers and do something yeah. else like it's it's a possibility and I think for like a long time and I probably still kind of like low-key struggle with this as well like the identity of being a like staff physical therapist is so like ingrained in you yeah. that it can be really hard to kind of like hurt with that a yeah. little bit um, I think I guess like one piece of advice, you know, for for our listeners is that just know that it's it's okay if you change your career. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you stop working altogether as long <laughs> as you have some kind of plan. 
um you know it's it's okay to change what you're doing and that like you as a person like your identity is not physical therapist it's you like you first you know and physical therapy is just something that we happen to do but you're you know so much more than that yeah you know I think I think your story is a really good example of what I'm sure a lot of people out there are going through and it's like you were saying you know it's nice to know that that you're not alone and that there are other people out there have dealt with what you're dealing with or going through the same thing I wouldn't change it I mean I know it was it was rough there for a little bit but I think that I learned just a lot through all of that like trial um of trying to figure out what I was going to do and long term you know I I've always felt the same way like I am a PT like that's what I do that's who I am Mm -hmm. and that's just the farther that I'm kind of getting away from that it's easier to be like okay that's a skill that I have that's something that I always will have in like my back pocket if Mm -hmm. I ever like need to go work somewhere because I have to make money or um, if I'm just missing it you know I can go do it if I want to do it and that's also so freeing at the same time because it's not it's like I don't have to do this if I don't want to but if I if I want to nobody's telling me that I can't or that I have to so Mm -hmm. I think that's very empowering as well yeah absolutely um you know so for you guys if you are are watching live you're catching this live or even on the replay you know leave a, a comment down below and let us know if like any of this is something that sounds familiar to you you know and and if you've kind of gone through this process too if you have any advice to to give um other viewers other listeners as they are at the start of their journey and going off and doing something on their own um please please let us know um because like definitely this group youtube channel and the podcast and all of that is really to put information out there to help everybody who's you know one step behind us so we went from being an outpatient physical therapist, um, which I'm also familiar with, um, doing home health, doing hospital-based outpatient, and you said some inpatient as well, to getting into wanting to start your own practice and then wanting to do like women's health coaching, now doing digital marketing. Um, I think that, um, you know, like that, it resonates with me a lot, which I think we probably have talked about before, um, because I had done the same thing in a way. And I, I want to like use these, like, you know, like your story, my story as an example of like, if you start a business, it might not be like your first version of it might not be the thing that you stick with for the long term. More than likely, you're going to go through a few iterations of something before you get really comfortable and confident in what it is that you're doing. And that is also okay. Um, because like, I think for me, I was, I was doing home health and didn't really like it. And then I, you know, thought about leaving the profession altogether. Um, I was going to do wellness coaching. And then I had thought about doing like productivity coaching or even like, like money finance coaching kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up starting my practice, which was in a gym and then it was online and then it was mobile and then it was back in a gym and then it was at my house uh and you know went from that and then went to business coaching which you know like I'm still doing and then went into digital marketing also Mm -hmm. still doing you know so still doing a few different things but like I tried so many different things before I got to where I am now and I'm sure you know like a year from now five years from now it won't look the same you know and I think that like sometimes that's like a, a fear that people have is that they're not going to pick like the right thing the yeah. first time around. And um, guess what? You probably won't. <laughs> 
So <laughs> we can just not be afraid of it because it's probably going to happen. Yeah. So I started as an intern for you in November of last year. So coming up on a year, which is wild, mm-hmm. like even in the last almost year, I've found things like just within like the digital marketing realm that I'm like, I really like this and I'm not so crazy about this. And, you know, even like starting out, I'm like, okay, I want to offer this like comprehensive marketing package for, for people in physical therapy practice owners. And now I'm like, do I really want to do that? Or do I want to like scale it down to something more, I don't know, simplistic and easier to manage? Um, like just a content marketing package. And I think you're so right. Like there's never going to be just this like set in stone, like I am a digital marketer and that's all I do. Because I mean, I don't know how you are, but I get, I get bored. I get bored. I'm looking for new things and I'm like, you know, and I think like that, even as just like a physical therapist and like any other healthcare provider, we enjoy learning and like that lifelong learning is still ingrained in us. So the more skills we learn, the new things we learn, we're going to find different, you know, interests that we, you know, that mm-hmm. like that we want to go like that route. So just whatever you feel like at the time, do it. <laughs> and if it doesn't yeah. work out, there's a billion other things that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that, you know, the th- one of the things that's going to help you be like the most successful, at least like with your first business, um, is something that you're passionate about. Because mm-hmm. like, if you don't really care, it's so hard. To get yourself to actually do the things that you need in order to make money, you know, and, and I know that there are business owners out there who like, they specifically sell whatever they sell, mm-hmm. because they can make money doing it. And like, that's kind of the drive, which is fine. Um, yeah. But I also know for me that um, if I don't have like a personal stake in what I'm doing, like a personal interest, mm-hmm. It's not going to go very far. Um, Well, I guess maybe getting a little bit more into the digital marketing stuff, you know, for people who are not so familiar with what that, um, what can digital marketing entail? Yeah, um, well, way too many things. We might not have time for all of it, (laughs) but... I mean, I would say like my biggest interest right now is definitely the content marketing. Um, And that really can be anything from social media. So long form, short form, written, video, audio, social media, email marketing, like all that, like that's kind of where I'm at as far as like what I've found where I really enjoy doing it like consistently all the time. And then there's website building or website rebuilding, rebranding, um, search engine optimization is huge with all of it. Um, But essentially, like the whole point of digital marketing is to market your practice so that you generate leads like you show your audience who you are so that they know, like, and trust you, and they're more willing to work with you. So, and as we all know, the digital world is booming. So we must be a part of it, whether we want to or not. (laughs) That's kind of the long and short of everything that you can do. And there's so much more, like there's so much more to it, but that's what I would say I enjoy the most out of all those Mm -hmm. things. Kind of like my, my interest is all of the content marketing and the website building and that kind of stuff at this point. And it'll probably change. Um, What do you find that you like specifically about content marketing? Like just how like we do it, or maybe like how you've taught me to do it. And then I implement for others is like, it is kind of concrete in a sense. Like it's not so like, it is abstract because it's like a bunch of like creativity and like, I don't know, brainstorming and ideas and that kind of stuff. But like being able to take like this one piece of content and turn it into a bajillion different things. It's not so overwhelming, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really like that because it's like you have a starting point, but you also have an ending point. And then being able to teach people that it's actually 
not as challenging as they think it is, is also really satisfying because I think that's typically soapbox here, but another misconception that it can be um, way too challenging when it's really not. So, and I did my first website build for a speech therapist out of um, Rockwell, Texas. And, you know, I think with that, it was just so fun to take somebody else's vision and then like put it on onto paper, digital paper, of mm-hmm. course. Um, yeah. And like, just really let like my creative side flow, you know, whatever I felt like looked good or whatever I felt like as far as like, obviously there's technical pieces to the website building, but like the design itself, I feel like is what gives me the most satisfaction um, mm-hmm. out of everything. And I think that kind of relates to the content marketing as well. There's tons of design that goes into different pieces of content and it's not just like, I don't know, you have to actually think about it. So in a sense, it's a little bit therapeutic to be able to just let your creative side just kind of flow and see what see what comes out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love building websites. Um, you know, it's definitely like a, a big project, but like once when you're able to put something together that really like represents the client's business well, um it's really cool um and like we've had some like really good I want to say luck but like it's not luck because because we know what we're doing but you know like good luck with some of the the websites that we've made um where like at the end of the day you just feel like you put in like really honest like good work um and the creativity aspect of it is really nice and kind of like fills up a different part of you maybe Mm -hmm. than like um typical worky kind of stuff and like with the content um you know for those of you who are listening taylor and i did another uh, episode on content marketing a few weeks ago um i think it just got uh posted last week um about (laughs) why uh pt should be doing content marketing um and so we get a little bit more into detail with that there so i don't want to spend a ton of time on it here so definitely check it out on the youtube channel and the pod and the blog post just came out too or it's coming out so uh you know for those of you who are interested check that stuff out because there's like like taylor said there's a huge huge misconception because like i used to think the same thing about making content like oh my god like how am i gonna make like a million different instagram posts Mm -hmm. every single day forever you know and i don't have that much to say (laughs) but you could do content like that where you make a new piece of content for every platform every day you could there are plenty of people who do um but then like the the approach that we have which i've dubbed waterfall content marketing method in the past maybe it needs a new name submit your suggestions for the name of this in the comments below um i always do this thing where i name stuff like um but anyway yeah like waterfall method for content um where it's it's so much simpler and Mm -hmm. and it goes so much further Mm -hmm. like it it lives a lot longer too um which is cool what i guess maybe do you have any suggestions for um practice owners out there just getting started in like content marketing like top three tips or something like that Uh, maybe number one is like pick your top like two or three things that you actually enjoy doing, whether it's blog writing or social media or writing emails. I don't know who would like to write emails, but maybe people would. Um, 
but like picking like your top two or three things and just like sticking with it and like not being not worrying about like doing all the things because I think that that's also sometimes a frustration is like there's so many different things to do whereas like if you can just be consistent with a couple things you're going to get a lot better results than if you're inconsistent doing a bajillion different platforms um so that's kind of like my first piece of advice and then my second piece of advice advice would be don't be afraid to get in front of the camera um, most people, I feel like that's not a super like comfy, comfy thing for them to do at first, but like nobody cares what you look like. Nobody's judging you. So like getting in front of the camera is just really going to help, I guess, elevate the amount of like personality that like your whatever your Instagram um, profile or whatever presenting to your audience. Um, and when when people feel like they know you, they're definitely more likely to be interested in your stuff or buy your services. Um, so yeah, so getting in front of the camera, I feel like is it's takes some some courage and some bravery, but like, again, do it. It's it's really good. Um, and then I would say lastly, like, don't make things too complicated. Like don't get so tied up, tied up into like what you should create your content about. I think like the biggest thing is like just figuring out something that you feel like is valuable to your audience and then like sticking with it and like using that one topic to create, I don't know, two to three weeks worth of content. Um, again, that kind of comes back to what you were talking about with the waterfall content method, but, and like, I've been told, which just blows my mind. Like I've been told by other physical therapists that, you know, do all of their own digital marketing that are doing like different topic of content, like all of the time, you know, they feel burned out on it. Like they, they know that it's not sustainable, but they continue to do it because they feel like they have to. And I just think that that is just too much work, work smarter, not harder people. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> If you can just pick a topic or two and fill a month's worth of content, like you're going to feel so much better than if you're trying to think of something to talk about every single time that you get on Instagram. It's just not, it's not sustainable. Right. You know, like, because especially if you, you know, like you're a practice owner and you also have like a full caseload of patients, you do have to be your own marketing team. Um, You know, unless at some point you decide to hire people like, like us, (laughs) Um, you know, But if you like, you could hire somebody eventually, but while you're still doing the marketing yourself, like you have to do it in a way where you can also still treat patients and not Mm -hmm. completely like lose yourself to just working all the time. Because for a lot of us, you know, we we left like the clinic life, um, you know, or a home health life or whatever, uh, hospital life, so that you could have more time, you know, and you're not dedicating all of your time constantly to to business stuff which you I mean you can do if it's fun for you if you like that then that's fine but um you don't have to and uh I I love that advice Taylor I think that was you know spot on and super helpful like there are there are so many platforms out there and being able to just master two Mm -hmm. um you know most people say master one and Mm -hmm. like the reason why I say master two is because like we support the intention of repurposing content. Um, So instead of just constantly making a new post on Instagram every day, which you could do, um, Mm -hmm. instead potentially creating content on a long form platform that you can then repurpose into short form, you're going to be able to spread your net a little bit wider without really putting in that much extra work. Um, you know, but getting really good at that and creating a schedule that works well for you, um, Mm -hmm. is ultimately like the, 
the best plan? Because mm-hmm. I think, so I get asked sometimes, and I'd love to know like your thoughts on this too, but like one, one question that I'll get when it comes to content is how often should I be posting? Do you, I have kind of like what I suggested to somebody last week, but what, what is your suggestion? I mean, I feel like if you're picking your two platforms to be on, If you're posting at least once a week on each of them, I think that's going to be sufficient to let your audience know like you're still alive. You're still doing the thing that you're trying to tell them that you're doing. And like, it's not so overwhelming, which I mean, some people might say different, but I feel like you're on those platforms at least once a week. You're going to still have that consistent following. Yeah, for sure. You know, like it cannot, it can never be like I post something this month and then once in December. These are kind of like my like baseline things I would say. And, you know, like I'm not an expert on all of the platforms, so I'm sure that everybody has different opinions on this. Yeah. But from the research that I've done, the courses I've taken, what I've learned is if you are going to post on YouTube, best practice is at least once for the most of the people that Taylor and I work with and and even myself, you know, we're doing maybe once a week if we're doing really well, but at least every other week. Same thing with blog posts, uh, same thing with podcasts. So at least once a week for your long form stuff. And then for short form on um, Instagram, in particular, we're looking at like a like a minimum of like three to four posts a week. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have seen some people report that they see better results if they post every day. Um, and same thing, TikTok. Um, but I think it, I think it kind of depends. Um, and that would definitely take a little bit more research. Email, bounce back and forth between once a week and every other week. Um, I think staying consistent like every other week works out pretty well for us. I should check my like unsubscribe rate and see what we're at. But um, I've just found that I know like when I get more like marketing emails from people that are on their newsletters where we're talking like multiple times a week, I find myself not opening them most yeah. of the time. Um, Because it's just, it's like so much information all the time versus like um, Sarah Duval is an example of a newsletter that I really like um, Mm -hmm. because hers, she might send once a month, maybe twice a month, but I think maybe like once a month or every other month even. Um, And she puts a lot of really valuable information in her newsletter. So like that one I tend to open um, and the uh, Institute for Clinical Excellence, Mm -hmm. um, they send one out every Wednesday. So it is week but it's also like it's kind of like uh chunked up like ours is where it's like here's like three like really helpful pieces of mission and then by the way at the bottom you know like here's stuff that we have for sale and like other calls to action mm-hmm. um but yeah for like the the businesses where i get them like every other day not <laughs> usually you know and I, I would say like that just kind of goes for like um regular routine emails of course if you are doing a promotion which we might be doing here shortly. <laughs> um, you know, like I totally understand businesses sending out more emails. It's just when it's like 365 days of the year and you get 365 emails, that's like a lot. Those are kind of some of my my thoughts on that. Um, um, but everybody's different. And you also, you always have to just pay attention to your audience and like what they're responding to, how they're reacting, take a look at your data. Um, and that'll help to you to more informed decision marketing moving forward. Yeah, track your data. Don't be like me and don't do it. 
because <laughs> it is super helpful um, and helps you create an actually like really good online marketing strategy rather than just get. So maybe we could talk about tracking data another day. I don't know if you have anything that you want to like touch on as far as like pelvic floor stuff or women's health stuff goes, because I know that you're getting into that a little bit, but um, I guess what's been kind of your experience in that arena? And do you have any suggestions for people who are in it? Yeah. You're talking more like clinical practice, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me see. So my interest in pelvic, um, I would say started more like over a year ago. Um, And then I took a Herman and Wallace course Um, that was really good and really informative. And then have watched lots of YouTube videos and Instagram reels. Um, it's such like an underserved population, I feel like, or like a underserved niche that like if somebody is interested in getting into it, it's kind of like kind of booming. So it's probably like a really good time. One of the individuals that worked at my most previous company, she she has like her own pelvic clinic that she she's the director of, but she like, she put it something like, pelvic floor is all the rage right now, which is very, very true. The amount of like benefit that us as providers can help that population, whether it is prenatal, postpartum, pregnancy, whatever it is, like there's so much that we can do just by like giving them like lifestyle um, modifications that they can try on their own. Um, That goes so far, so much farther than like I ever thought it would. Um, being in clinical practice and, you know, providing somebody with a bladder diary or reducing the amount of cups of coffee they take or they drink from like three to one, like, you know, like little things like that can go such a long ways with that population. Um, and if like somebody's thinking about starting their own practice, I mean, I think it's a great time um, to, to just go all in because it's growing, but I would say like, it's still in its like early phases of, of growth. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I live in rural Kansas and we have, I would say like even just near me, we have maybe one pelvic health PT, like that's actually certified. Um, and then in order to see somebody that's actually like, that actually knows what they're doing, you'd have to drive at least 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Um, so like the specialty is still pretty small. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's what you were looking for, but that's kind of my two yeah. cents at this yeah, point. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, like, that's what I've seen too. Like it's, um, you know, one of, the, one of the best areas to get into, I think, because it is, like you said, it's a population that really like they need help um, and education and just like creating awareness around the fact that like, these are common issues, um, yeah. but like they're not normal and that there is help and a lot of stuff done um, for, for um, you know, people struggling with pelvic floor uh, issues. Um, strictly marketing hand, um, yeah. it is a perfect example of a niche because it is a specific problem yeah. and potentially even for specific people too. Like, you know, if you yeah. get into just like pregnancy and postpartum, specifically mm-hmm. pelvic floor stuff um, or even pelvic pain for example, not even necessarily pregnancy and postpartum, but, um, you know, for everybody listening, specific (laughs) problem, specific people, um, specific solution. And that is like the beauty of it as like a subspecialty and why so many practices are just like, you know, as soon as you whisper that you're starting a pelvic floor practice, you have a full caseload. Like you said, like, it's so easy, like from a marketing standpoint to create content and to like, really, I don't know, like, debunk a bunch of like different like taboo ways of thinking really quickly because 
um, I only see a ton of pelvic floor stuff because I follow a bunch of pelvic PTs on my social media, but like the average person isn't going to have that kind of content. And if you start talking about like painless sex on your Instagram platform, you're going to spark some interest. Like people are going to see that and be like, wait, what is she talking about? Um, <laughs> yeah, and it is. It's just so like, not, I don't know if I want to say easy, but it is in a sense kind of just easy to be like, this is what we're trying to solve. And this is how we're going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So for any small practice owners that are like, hey, that's what I'm kind of thinking about doing. It's it's the way to go, I would say. Yes. <laughs> Dive right in. Yeah. This, yeah, definitely like the people that we've we've worked with in that that niche have been really successful, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so uh yeah, public health stuff, definitely where it's at. Um, one thing that I did want to uh go back to kind of with regards to, you know, like your story. And I know that like your journey into where you are now, I mean, everybody's, everybody's story and journey is going to be different. But another question I get asked a lot is like, how do I like make the leap? And like, this can kind of mean a couple of things. Sometimes it's somebody who is currently working full time and they're talking about the leap just being starting a business. Um, But uh, I guess like the second step to that is I've already made the leap. I'm starting a business. When do I know I can leave my full-time job? And I guess like maybe that's the question that I would love to hear like your kind of opinion on and how how you might address that. I mean, I think that it definitely depends on the person's situation always, um, just what they're comfortable with. But when you're trying to figure out what is going to work best for you, obviously, don't just quit your job and then like become homeless. Like that's probably not the best thing to do. But like, you also have to take into consideration, like, how serious am I about meeting the goals that I'm setting for myself? um, And like, actually, like diving into something because I mean, I know you said this, which I I'm kind of cheating because I know like from some of your coaching, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like the longer that you are, I guess, prolonging your like corporate healthcare career, it's taking away from like your personal goals as like a business owner. So I would say like, there's no set timeframe on when is right for you to quit your job. I mean, I think that it comes down to like, what can you stomach financially and be able to still like eat and like live but like also don't be so scared of making that leap and just going for it because you're worried about not having that stability like I'm gonna guess that most entrepreneurs and most business owners don't have like this giant like $50,000 savings account just chilling whenever they take the leap into starting their own business most people are kind of like this is this is what I have to do. Because if not, I'm going to go insane. Like, so that was not a very like straightforward answer. But I feel like that's kind of that's kind of my thought on it. I mean, I, I like the points that you brought up, you know, like, like there, there's just like something I wish that I could put like a word on it. Like if there is something inside of you where like Taylor said, you're like, I have to do this because I'm going to go insane. Or mm-hmm. I have to do this because my mental health has tank my life is worth a lot more than Mm -hmm. staying in the clinic like just because I'm scared how badly do you want it and how badly want to make a change so that you're happy again so that you have clinical freedom, so that you have income freedom, you yeah. know, because when you work for yourself, you can make as much money as you want, you know, yeah. like you don't get stuck at a certain income. And, you know, like, I think that's like the, the first thing to consider. 
Um, and then there are kind of like a couple different ways to go about it. Like you, I think the responsible way is to go from <laughs> full-time to part-time or PRN. Not everybody does that. And yeah. it works out just fine for them too. Um, yeah. Also responsible, having some savings for a few months. So I have worked with business owners in the past where they didn't know when to leave their full-time job and they had an entire year's salary saved <laughs> and they didn't know when to leave their job. And I was like, like... When I, when I left my clinic, um, I had like $500 in my savings account. I can't do this. Like I can't cry at lunch in the break room for another day in a row. Um, you know, and so I did, I lined up a home health job. I didn't just like say sayonara (laughs) and jump right into it. Um, you know, like that's, that's the responsible thing to do. But you know, if you're in a situation where you do have several months of saving, could just leave and, you know, like look into PR and stuff, but you know, it's not as like immediate and urgent as say somebody with like a couple hundred bucks in their bank account so anyway so um you know like that's a responsible thing but if you have money saved you could also just leave you know as long as you have a plan that's like the main thing um and uh another way that um business owners have done it is where they if they're working full-time maybe they have a um they have a caseload goal and i think i got this from um jeff who was he was on the pod a while ago um and also like worked with us in this program before where like he suggested i think say you have your caseload where in an ideal caseload for you maybe is 10 10 people and for everybody is totally different but say ideal caseload without your full-time job is 10 people um sounds like a dream <laughs> compared to like the clinic most of the time that's like the full caseload that you want what you need to do is decide that you know like if 10 is ideal you are going to put in your notice somewhere between having 50 to 75 percent of that caseload so like the way that i think he kind of phrased it was you know you have like what you think you need you need to leave 25% or more before you're ready um, because you're going to hit an energy and time ceiling um, and it's going to make it impossible for you to keep growing just because you're you're only human. You're only one person. Um, so for, for people who are, you know, like looking for kind of like objective information that's like potentially like a little bit more objective but you also still have to consider the mindset part of it too i mean i don't know i think it just depends like you said depends on where people are at and what they're willing to do and what what they're willing to sacrifice but you know have a goal and that goal and like hold yourself accountable for it yeah and I mean, realize like the worst thing that could happen, it doesn't back. work. And then you go back to your job. <laughs> um, you know, like, I don't think I've ever left the place. Even my first clinic where I was miserable, they still said, like, let us know if you want to come back. Yeah. You know, like every place that I've left, which is a lot, has always said, like, let us know if you if you want to come back. You know, like, that's the bonus of having a license that deals. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of being a healthcare worker they always need yeah. i guess maybe like one one question well, i guess maybe a couple of questions left um <laughs> one question i had asked karen that i thought was kind of kind of interesting that i wanted to ask you as well taylor is what is your favorite thing about running a business and your least favorite thing <laughs> okay i like that um my favorite thing i would I would say is like getting to, well, okay, because I'm still like just kind of 
starting full time. I mean, I don't really know what my threshold is, but it's also kind of an exciting thing because I can just like, there's really no end in sight at this point. So like, I would say my favorite thing about being a business owner is that there's just like you said, there's like, essentially, like you can work or as much or as little as you want. And there's no threshold to like the amount of money you can make. Um, as well as like, there's no limit on like what I can actually do with my business, you know, and I think like, like, said before that's kind of empowering and freeing like I can do whatever I want whenever I want which is awesome um and then I would say my my least favorite thing and I'm getting better at it is reading (laughs) (laughs) I so you've been recommending book yourself solid to me for I don't know how many months oh yeah over and over again and I'm just like (laughs) you can ask my husband I hate to read it's not like just because of the specific book and so like last week I finally got it and I just like sat down and started reading it I'm like okay I can do this and yeah uh, but I think like there's so much power in like reading and like gaining knowledge um that like that's something like as a business owner that I'm like personally working on myself um because there's so many great resources out there it's just being able to absorb them so mm-hmm. right now that's where I'm that's where I'm working Morgan just so you know <laughs> I'm proud of you Taylor you. you know like reading I I know some people love it some people hate it some people are in between and there's just there's so much good information in books like um you know and I I don't read fast I really wish I read faster mm-hmm. um but it'll take me usually like a few months to get through like a business book like I think I'm only maybe a little bit more than halfway through book yourself solid and mm-hmm. I've, I've been reading it for months <laughs> since I recommended it to you um you know but it uh if you take your time to get through them it they can really give you like so many new ideas and like in this book in particular um I know Taylor you said you just started it but like a lot of the information in there you and I we already know the stuff you know but it's the way that the author presents it and I I love books that also present information in like a step-by-step like model Mm -hmm. rather than just all at you um because that's kind of kind of like how how my mind works and I can see everything like you know coming together um yeah reading has just been been great and usually I will I'll read like sit to read books that are maybe more like strategic based or I guess like strategy based Mm -hmm. um and then like mindset kind of books I'll listen to while I walk my dog Mm -hmm. um so well I'm glad that you're working on that yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you're trying it. And if you really hate it when you finish this book, you never have to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many other ways to absorb inf- information, but I'm like, Morgan keeps talking about this book. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a really good like game plan, I think, for if you're like, okay, how do I get clients? He literally yeah. tells you in the, the whole book. And I'm like, this is so great. <laughs> That's so helpful. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's definitely good. And I also I watch a a lot of YouTube videos too. Um, Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of like business marketing type people on YouTube. And I I watch their videos a lot. Um, It's helpful just to have like different perspectives and um, something that somebody told me, um, I can't remember who, and I might've said this before, but like learning like business marketing stuff from people who are not in your industry can be really impactful because mm-hmm. it's a totally different way of looking at things. And, yeah. um, you know, and even though there are going to be a lot of similarities, you'll still learn a lot um, mm-hmm. if you kind of step out of you know in this example step out of physical therapy and go learn about something else yeah um so yeah um and then 
And I've kind of talked through like a few things, but maybe like in, in this past year, Taylor, like what do you feel like has been your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? Um, that's a really good question. I would say like my biggest challenge, especially when I was like, so after I finished my internship with you, I think I actually like filed business paperwork in February of this past year. I think it was like first letting go of that like PT identity. That was number one. And then two, um, working to like not doubt myself and like my path and my goals like throughout this process. Because I think like regardless of where you're at in your like stage of business, it is a scary thing to be completely like standalone in your supporting of yourself. Like that is, I mean, as a business owner, that's what you're doing. I mean, obviously if you're ginormous and you have investors and all that, whatever, but that's that's not where we're at. Um, but I think like just constantly reminding myself, like you can do this it's gonna be okay and like at the end of the day like you're gonna get up every morning and you're gonna put effort into something and if it's not meant to be then you're gonna go a different route and I think like just kind of like you were talking like mindset is just a huge part of being a business owner because I would say that like more often than not I like make mistakes or I'm learning new things that I've never done before. And it's, it's never that like concrete feeling of like, all right, I'm going to go into this PT eval and I'm going to assess this person's back and I'm going to know what's wrong with them within like 15 minutes of talking with them. Like, that's not how, (laughs) that's not how it works when you're an entrepreneur. Like there's too much information for you to learn. There's too many strategies for you to try to implement for you to just be constantly and consistently comfortable with it. So yeah, just kind of like shifting my mindset to being okay with not knowing what I'm doing. That's yeah. A huge impact, a huge benefit, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's almost like taking you back to the days of like first internship <laughs> and your CI has you do an eval and you're like, <laughs> I heard about these, but I didn't think I would actually have to really do one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's a, a really good, really good point, you know, and like we always talk about like the the learning is never done, the growing is never done. So just like being okay with that, you know, yeah. making your peace with that, um, which can be hard for a lot of us who are very, we really like checking things off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> good stuff, Taylor. Um, well, then I think maybe just uh, the last thing um, that I wanted to make sure that we touched on, um, you know, like you shared a ton of really good information tonight across all the things from PT to marketing, just business ownership in general. Um, If uh, our viewers slash listeners want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, So I have a website. Um, So it is www.taydaniel.com. My middle name is Danielle, so don't judge me. Um, And then on Instagram, um, my handle is at taydanielcreative. Um, And that's usually, I mean, I'm on Facebook as well, but a lot of my content goes on Instagram and Facebook. So it's kind of all all in the same things. But yeah, that's kind of the two main things finding me. Cool. Awesome. Um, well, great. Well, thank you so much for, for being here tonight, Taylor. It was a pleasure as usual. <laughs> thank you. Same to you. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here and for checking out the episode. Um, as always, you can find us on YouTube 
Facebook group, podcast, my website, morganmeese.com for the blog posts and all the other things. Um, and if you are a physical therapist, occupational therapist, healthcare provider, and you are wanting out of that clinic for good, um, please uh, give me give me a shout, shoot me an email or schedule a call with me um, because we are accepting new clients to our business coaching program. I will look forward to seeing you on the next one. Have a good rest of your day. <laughs>